This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 46 of the Transformation Bros. Great oh, to have yeah. you in. Hope you're having a great week so far. I think we are. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yep, we're having a great week actually. Thanks, Nath. That's good. A lot going on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I feel a bit anxious today, actually. I was trying to figure out before I came on here, I was like, oh, I've got some anxiety in my body. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't feel very fun. Um, but yeah. It never does. No, it never does. But uh, yeah, very busy. Um, still flat out on this house project. It's it's a funny thing, isn't it? It doesn't sound very interesting when you talk about it, but like, it's like, oh, we drilled some holes today, you know, for a new wall and like, it feels like <laughs> massive progress. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yesterday we scraped a little bit of dirt away, and it's like, oh, that was that was a big job, <laughs> but it doesn't look like much. Everyone just wants to see the final product, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and you've been up there for a few weeks now, so I'm kind yeah, of missing you. I know, well. I know, I miss you too. I'm coming back on Friday, which will be good. And, yeah, um, yeah. I need to tune out. I'm a little bit too, um, yeah, I'm a bit too close to it at the moment. I need to have a break from it and clear my head and come back in for a, the final attack. Yeah, well, it all sort of happens at the end, doesn't it? Anyone who's built a house or done renovations, like there's a lot of slow times. There's a lot of like waiting, building, foundations, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It all comes together at the end. Yeah, and I feel a part of my anxiety is I feel the the financial squeeze because like in the first, you know, the first half, you're just fucking dishing out 20,000 bucks like it's bloody, you know, popcorn. And yeah. then when you get to the end and you're sneaking up on your budget, you're like, oh, oh, you just, you know, just, oh, can we get a yeah. wee discount on that? Oh, geez, any chance yeah. we can just tighten this up? You know, as the budget <laughs> flies past you. Um, yeah, yeah, so I feel a little bit of anxiety of like trying to rein the budget in and knowing we've still got another four weeks to go. And it's like, oh, gosh, we're really going to have to eke out something here. Yeah, that's right. Do we really need that balustrade around the top deck? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, damn, that's a Can't legal just, requirement. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Can't we just build one yeah. rather than buying one yeah do you think just sort of two yeah. by four wood would be fine would that be good yeah. enough yeah a bit of wire around Rustic. it works yeah. for sheep yeah that's <laughs> right it's in the bush you yeah. know it'll be aesthetically pleasing hey but i had a great um conversation today with a guy who yeah. uh he speaking of the pool fence you just mentioned it i you know, it's interesting with all the people I deal with. I'm constantly talking to suppliers all the time and getting quotes, and it's been quite a stark uh, difference, all the different customer service that you come across. And for me, I've discovered that I really love having one person that I talk to in a company that looks after mm. me, that is really easy to get on with, that communicate, that over-communicates, that you know, almost yeah. sends me too many messages with updates. I love that. And oftentimes what will happen on these jobs is you'll get an email back from the secretary saying that she's forwarded it to someone in the sales department and the sales guy will call you and then he'll send the apprentice out to measure up. And once that happens, then you'll get the install team come and you've got 15 different people calling you and it all sort of feels a bit impersonal and gets a bit lost. Especially amongst all the other emails from other companies, right? You're doing them all at once. Exactly. It's all happening. It's all happening. And so when I, you know, there's a handful of shining cases where you go, wow, I just want to throw money at you because it's just, you make life so easy. You make my life. You understand me. So I met a guy today. He's um, the glass balustrade guy, former builder himself, about 55, 60, really hard case kind of guy. And 
I rang him up last week and I'd sort of left the, you know, when you think about putting fencing around the pool, it's just not a high priority when you're building a house. You just, it's like, okay, it's another, another little thing on the list. And then as it comes time to put it up, you think, geez, I should get onto that fencing. And then you call everyone. They're like, oh, it's a two month wait list or it's six weeks to get oh. materials. And it's like, oh, damn. I was hoping to have that done on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Hoping you'd have some lying around. So I rang this guy and he said, Oh, look, I'll be out. I'll come out next week. I'll come over to the island um, and 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 measure it up and we'll get you sorted. I've got stuff in stock. We'll have the install team out there in, in, in two weeks. No problem. And again, in the, the days of supply issues, this is gold. Yeah. What an inspiring guy. I got to pick him up from the ferry, 20 minutes in the car. He tells me the whole story about how he was a builder and he invented a whole new system. It's called the glass vice. And wow. it, it holds, it's a, a, a thing that holds glass balustrade in place. It's what, what your glass fence clips into. And Right, instead of screwing, instead of making holes. And yeah, it's a vice, and, you know, instead of screwing yeah, a hole nice. through the glass. And he patented wow. it. He said he, he got a mentor from the government. The government provides people business mentors. And the guy said, mate, there's nothing in this. You know, someone will copy that in five minutes and I wouldn't pursue it. And, um, you know, nine years later, he's got a seven-figure business and wow. employs 20 staff and was just such an inspiring guy. His three sons work for him. His wife works mm. for him. It's a family business. Uh, they just he, he, he doesn't hardly spend any money. He just invests it back in the business and and they've just been steadily growing and now he's grown into America. They just did a huge project in San Diego. Uh, wow. And it was just a really inspiring story of a guy who put himself out there, had the courage. He freely admitted he made it a ton of mistakes, but he really just kept at it. And uh, it was really inspiring. Yeah, that's amazing. And he's the guy measuring your pool. Is that what you're saying? Measuring he's he's the guy measuring the fence. And I said to him, um, geez, you, how long, you know, you've got this huge company now, like, do you really need to be out here measuring people's fences? And he said, oh, to be honest, I just go where I'm needed. I call myself a floater. And he said, so this wow. week they were busy doing quotes. So I said, I'll go and help with the quotes. He said, I was driving the van, the delivery van last week, delivering glass. He said, I just go where I'm needed. Um, oh, that's amazing. But a really special guy. And look, he, he won't be the cheapest. He will not be the cheapest. But the experience he gave me, his knowledge, the fact that he's a builder and he understands the, the bigger picture of the whole project and – if anyone's put a swimming pool in, there's a thousand council requirements for fences and True. kids not being able yeah. to get in and people not being able to fall out. <laughs> it's actually yeah. um, ridiculous. So he's across all of that and he's got all the approvals and it just felt really good. And it was an example where I, um, although I'm, you know, I'm, I'm scrounging around for cash behind the couch at the moment at the end of this build, <laughs> but uh, I'm still willing to pay him more money because he's a great guy with a great story that's that's super responsive. And I know I can call him any time in the next few weeks and get stuff done. And so it's another yeah. really good business lesson for me. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because it's something I've Thank learned you. recently as well is um, you're welcome. Uh, it's not always the cheapest quote. I mean, for years I would take the cheapest. I hate to admit that now, but it's also what you get for your money, the value, you know, the service, the flexibility, the experience, you know, you're not, it's not just about the money. I, I've learned that lesson the hard way myself, but now, you know, I'll get a few quotes and then pick the one that feels the best. Yeah. Follow yeah. your intuition. Yeah. Follow your intuition. Yeah. Great. Um, the amount of times that going with the cheap option has cost me more. It's such a cliche, yeah. but every time I try to save money, it comes back to bite me somewhere else. You know, whereas yeah. you, you get yeah. the right thing, the right person, the right time and spend the money. It's always going to work out for the better.
Yeah, and it feels so good. Yeah, everybody wins. I yeah. like that. Me too. Um, yeah. What else has been happening? Why are you pointing at my ear? <laughs> I'm trying to secretly point at my, at my ear, ear so that I don't say anything. No, I'm pointing at my ear because uh, I can't hear. Oh, you can't but hear that's me? that's fine. I can hear you. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> this, is a, this is a brief intermission. <laughs> yeah. We'll clean this up in post-production. Um, yeah. <laughs> how's your week been? What's been going on for you? You've been doing a lot of coaching again. It feels like you're doing more coaching than ever. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for asking. Yep, doing a ton of coaching, actually. So um, I've joined the coaching team with that course that I did, and I'm doing sort of seven or eight hours a week, as it turns out, Wow, which has been fantastic. Yeah, it's such a great experience to be um, teaching and educating in something that I've been learning. So it deepens the learning, mm. as you know, when you, when you, um, and it's not the type of coaching I'm doing is not actually sitting and talking or teaching. I'm reflecting and I'm giving, it's mainly women and I'm giving them the opportunity to um, see how they're communicating. So it turns out this, masculine feminine communication that what these guys have discovered and i've talked about it heaps but i'm deepening it for myself is that it is a completely different way to communicate and it doesn't come naturally like you and i've talked about how um you know you're you've been identifying more with the feminine in your relationship and you're like yeah but being masculine is so easy seems so like easy. i can just seems so easy i can just get it done bang, 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 you know, why do I have to uh, have to think about my feelings and I have to slow down and get it right and practice? Yeah, I just want to get, yeah. I just want to do it. I just want to get just stuff done do and I want to tell you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you always do that. Why do you do that? No. <laughs> well, if you stop um, doing so many things wrong, I wouldn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's all my fault. I know. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. And, um, yeah, it was fascinating because it just came off a call before we we're speaking now, and the lady was like, "Ah, oh, it's so, it's such a slow way to communicate." When I'm thinking of communicating <laughs> more feminine, it really it's like, is. I've got to slow down. I've got to think. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, so I have to have the space for that. And she was like, "Whereas I could just give the answer. I could just do, do, do." And because I'm used to you saying this, um, I'm really present to it. And I was saying to her, "Well, I'm." trying to be more dominant, which is leading, um, taking care of needs uh, with devotion, not controlling or domineering, but just having the lead and thinking ahead and making the plans and making sure things are taken care of in a, in a dominant masculine way, which feels really good and safe for a woman, right? Or the feminine. And so, yeah, I find that really hard. I find myself constantly going, geez, what do I got to do next? Um, shit, oh, we're going out. Where are we going to go? I've got to think of somewhere to go. Why can I not think of a single place to go? I must have been to 100 restaurants. Come on. You know, so, yeah. So that's been going on a lot right yeah. now. I'm really enjoying that. I noticed that, like, I, I you know, in my relationship, I, I'm, a, I'm in my masculine a lot, especially on this building project. Like, I'm the leader of it the project manager so i'm constantly directing and leading and giving instructions yeah, and then yeah. i when i'm not doing that i'm working on my business and growing it and i'm leading and i'm with my clients and there's just a lot of leading going on and so um uh, my boyfriend is a doctor and he's just a new doctor and so he's um 
going through you know being new in a new job and having a new experience it's just wow. really hard you know and especially yeah. as a doctor everybody expects you to know the answer so from day one he's got all the nurses coming up to him going oh doctor can you sign this doctor we've got a problem with this patient and he's going hang on a minute i was a student like three minutes ago why are you asking me all these questions um wow. so it's uh, he's coming home after those days needing a lot of love and a lot of nurturing and so this is like you know, it's a bit vulnerable for me to share this, but I imagine this is common in a lot of relationships is that I'm in my masculine all day. He's coming home and wanting to be nurtured and, you know, which is more feminine. And it's very easy for us just to slot into that, mm. and just sort of slot into that role. But where that leads is me getting really resentful, really quickly, resentful mm. that, oh, great. Now I've got to run this fucking project. I've got to coach all my clients. And then at the end of the day, I've got to come home and nurse you. You know, look and, after and you. make you feel good. Um, my masculine man. Yeah, my masculine man. And he's, he is such a <laughs> masculine man. He's so strong. You know, he's such a great listener. He's so present. But just in this current moment, he needs a lot of love, you know, which um, I, that's not a bad thing either. It's just, no, awareness right. around it is recognizing. Um, and I, I, I can also do that. You know, I can also give him love and nurturing, but it's when it gets to a point where that becomes the norm that I start get to resentful. I start getting resentful. It's like, hey, of course I want to love my man. I want to listen to him. I want to be there for him when he's struggling. No doubt about it. But that's I don't want that to be my full-time role in the relationship. Yeah, that's right. And it's, you know, these are the moments when it goes, if it does go on and on, because a man can be in a job that is constantly tiring, not maybe just when they're new, but like they're actually un, in demand and um, getting pulled from here to there. And then when they come home, they do want to relax. They do want to rest. But the unfortunate thing there is that there's still a job to do. And I don't mean to say like it's a job and it's not enjoyable, but um having awareness around those roles when the two come together like and if depending what um their partner has been doing all day as well just having awareness about that jason and nathan the thing i've struggled with and i I, you know in in your teaching i'm doing this wrong but it feels like it's been working for us that um i've been talking about it a lot about the situation and going hey this is not feeling good to me i don't I don't like it. Like, and how I describe Would you it, you say that sharing your feelings, is it sharing your feelings? Is that what you're doing? Oh, not really. It's being, it's kind of, I guess it is. Well, you're definitely doing it wrong then. No, <laughs> sorry, Karen. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glad I got to say that. For Finally. Once. Yes. Damn it. Yes. Um, Celebrate with me, people. Yeah. <laughs> so back to me. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess I'm sharing my feelings, but it's probably, like that woman said, it's too slow. It's too slow. I just want to go, look, here's yeah. what's happening. It's really clear. You're coming home. You need nurturing. I don't want to give it. Stop doing that. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of how. Sort it out. Yeah, sort it out. Um, and I'm really lucky that he's super receptive to it and super open to it and really into getting it right or fixing it or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, nice. So that's been really awesome. Um, and I read... Uh, Esther Perel's, I've seen a lot of her work. And one thing she said, she notes Esther Perel's a, um, what do they call them? Not a sociologist. Uh, anyway, the, whoever studies people, 
the study of people. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to say paleontologist, but I think that's dinosaurs. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anthropologist. Anthropologist. I have no, I have no idea. She's right. an anthropologist. Anyway, so she said, like, she noted the way relationships have changed over the last 70 years. One from uh, in traditional relationship, man and woman, woman being tied into a man financially and divorce yeah. being very unacceptable in society. So, you know, having these loveless arrangements more than anything then when divorce laws came and got even then women were free to leave and um you know women having careers became more normalized and so they didn't have to stay in these relationships they could financially support themselves so now you're actually free to choose whether you want to be in a relationship or not which is a relatively Mm. new concept and that's why the work you're doing is all very new and because we're all just trying to figure this out still. Yeah, totally. But one thing she said is now because of that, we have these incredible high expectations on our partners. We expect them to be amazing in bed. We expect them to be fit and have great bodies, have a great career, earn lots of money, be there when we need them, be our therapist, make us laugh, take us on adventures. We, have, we, we expect our partner to do everything. Um, yeah, wow. And so I'm really, I, I, how I've described it with my boyfriend is like, I don't really want a, a best friend. I don't like the idea of dating my best friend. I've got a best friend. And so it feels like sometimes when I have to support you, it feels like, oh, I'm just hanging out with my friend, but I don't want to hang out with my friend. I want to hang out with my man who's going <laughs> to look after me, show me a good time, lead me, great sex, all yeah. of that. So yeah, that, that's, that's right. how it feels over here is like when the polarity's out, we quickly go into the friend zone. So like we're really aware of that potential, particularly in our relationship because of the dynamics of our work right now. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good awareness. And that's what it is, folks. The friend zone. We've all been there. Oh man. Ugh. And the, the friend zone, it's there. just, it's just uh, the, the sex appeal goes. It's literally about sex appeal. You might connect with yep. them. You might love them. You might get on with them. You might want to, you, you might not even, you can't imagine not having them in your life, but you don't want to fuck yeah. them. Yeah, that's right. Real simple. Sex is off the table. But it can be turned around yeah. really quickly. Yeah, that's right. And it's, um, it's interesting too that it lives in our language as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married to my best friend (laughs) or like, I just want someone that will be my best friend or, you know, we need to be friends first. And for me, what I've learned now is I think we just didn't know any better. I think that that made logical sense. And there's that sounds cool. It was, yeah, it sounds bloody perfect. Right. Because who doesn't want to have a best friend that they have around all the time. Yeah. But that that, doesn't feel good. I don't know how that feels for you, but like I, yeah, I. It's it's not when it when it's polarized. It's not necessarily you're not um you're not like best friends. Best friends, you are like each other and you're into the same things and you hang out. But I think when you're polarized, it's like oh, it's that opposites attract feeling. So it's not. It's a bit more rough around the edges. I think that's what creates the the friction. The good yeah, friction. it is, and it's electrical. That's the spark. That's what the polarization is. And for me, in my new relationship, as you know. I've actually been, this has been coming up a little bit. I've been like, oh, yeah, I just really love hanging around you. I want to I want to soften. I want to relax into it. 
Um, so that's been coming up for me, but actually, no, I need to, and it is a practice. And because I'm in this coaching world, I see a lot of people in this um, program that I'm in that are practicing and I'm one of them. So I have to go, oh, right. I'm trying to phrase this actually so it doesn't make it sound like too hard of work, but it is it is work. There is stuff that I have to do. It's like practicing anything. So I have to go, oh, I'm about to message her. What am I going to say? And so I notice I'll message as a friend and then I'll be like, call her something cheeky and, you know, maybe call her out on something and it sparks a really nice interaction. Whereas it could have just been, I hope your day is going well. Oof. Yeah. So it's that sort of practice, that muscle building that I'm in. And the reward I get for it is she's always very light and cheeky and fun when I see her Mm. because I haven't sort of softened down into that very, very comfortable friend zone where I'm not making any effort and it's all very easy. And I'm not thinking about it's very equal. Yeah. And we're equal as people but our roles are different. Yeah, that's a good distinction. What do you mean by yeah. that? Thank you. You should compliment me more often on this show, you realise? No, I don't care for it. I just, um, what I, do you, yeah. I don't think I come up with good distinctions very <laughs> often. Oh, you said it. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, because, um, it's because we are equal. We are, I mean, everyone's valuable. What do you mean? You know, everyone's um, important. What do you mean when you say like we have different roles? Well, that's the masculine feminine role. Like my role is to hold the relationship in a way that she can feel safe, cared for, devoted to actually. And devotion um, is such a great word because I can feel that in this early stage of the relationship. And when we're friends, we care for them. Yeah, but that devotion is really the spark. And then her role is to not lead me because that's going to unpolarize us. Does she ever try I'm to do that? Going to be inspired. Have you uh, noticed? She hasn't actually. She's kind of, I think she said it once or twice. She said, um, you know, hey, we should go this way when we were driving. Mm. And then we had a laugh about it because it was like the only time <laughs> that it's happened. She's actually very naturally feminine and. That comes from, from what I've learned, that's coming from a place of safety and not needing to control things, not being attached to the outcome, being very free-flowing mm. and just enjoying enjoying life and knowing, trusting, having faith that it's going to work out. Otherwise, it turns into a bit of controlling, manipulating, making sure she's getting her needs met. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, so if if something is there for her, she can communicate in her feelings. Because imagine... And if she said to me she was sad, I would the world would stop. I'd have to be like, okay, everybody stop, stand back, take a minute. I need to figure this out. Why is the woman that I'm devoted to care more about than any other woman in recent history? I don't know if that's an actual saying. I just made that up. My my recent history. Pull up his recent history, please, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. There's there's several in there. All right, delete, delete. Um clear history. She yeah. Like, if she was sad, boy, I'm stopping everything. I want to know about that. Mm. Yeah. Or if she's anxious um, or feels insignificant or any of the other feelings. Yeah. Uh, so good. It's a good reminder for me, too. And I think that's 
oh, you know, when I try to share, again, I'm not doing it right because I'm in a hurry and I'm in my masculine and blah, blah, blah. But when I do share what I'm feeling, the thing I've let go of is coming up with a solution. Yeah, that's the outcome. That's right. That's right. And I've learned, I've learned that when I share how I'm feeling, I don't need to come up with an outcome anyway. And so that gives him, you know, the chance to, he'll go, oh gosh. Like if I say to him, man, I feel like we're in the friend zone. Like that's devastating to him. He doesn't want that to be the case. So he's he's quickly going to go, fuck, what do I need to do? Um, Yeah. So that's been really interesting. The other thing yeah. that I notice that's a shift in me, and I think people might relate to, I don't know, is that in my last couple of relationships, I was really scared to speak my truth for whatever reason. Mm. I think I didn't want to hurt their mm. feelings or I didn't want to look needy or I didn't want to be high maintenance or well, whatever. And that ended up with me being really resentful and having really shitty, awful breakups with me all yeah. bogged up like a fucking bogged up toilet full of shit wow and so wow <laughs> now descriptive as soon as i feel something i'm like i don't care if this hurts your feelings I, I, well i'm not trying to hurt your feelings first of all i'm actually saying yeah. it just so i can be honest and just so i can get this out because i don't want this to fester and become something bigger than it is and so now i'm like oh i'm feeling something i'm not happy oh yep yeah, oh, i'm a little bit sad oh why am i sad oh it's because i'm feeling this in the relationship okay i'm going to share that now feels a bit edgy, it feels uncomfortable, but I wow. want to share it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, well done. Yeah, but that's massive. And, i got to say that's like years of work, you know, yeah. to actually speak my truth because there's, you know, the fear is there that they're going to leave you. That's always been the fear. You're going to you're going to hurt them. And the nice guy stuff, nice guy syndrome is, you know, oh, I want to be nice so I don't hurt others' feelings. No, I want to not say my truth because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. That's the truth. It's not yeah. because I'm some fucking pariah that wants everybody to feel good. It's because I don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation. But as Brené Brown says, I choose to feel discomfort now to avoid feeling resentment later. Yeah. And that yeah, is a that mantra one. to live by. Yeah, it sure is. Even though that discomfort now can feel like a huge, huge mountain of discomfort. Yeah. Here's an uncomfortable yep. one. I'm curious to get hear what you think about this or how I should approach this. I sure think, you are. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, for the podcast, as soon as this thing yeah. goes off. Let's yeah, let's pretend. Going back to being right about everything. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, I, nothing to do with my current partner, but just a personal um, belief of mine is that I wouldn't get married to anyone that hadn't been through therapy no matter how good they think they are, no matter how cool they are, I know what lies beneath. (laughs) I know what lies beneath. And so I wouldn't be willing to make a really big commitment to someone until I know they've done their work. Now, that feels very true for me. And my feminine, how do I... How do I approach that? How would I say that in a way that wasn't judgmental? How could I not be attached to an outcome around it, even though it's something that's really important to me? Dr. Phil. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for listening, people. That's great. What, um, how do you feel when you, so when you, uh, you say you want someone that's been had therapy, what's the fear there? What's underneath that? Is it that they won't? They'll um, 
they won't make a good partner or eventually they'll leave you because or eventually it'll all turn to shit because all, everything will float to the surface what's the what's the concern yeah i think it's those are there what you just said but it's more like i know the level of connection that's available between two people mm. when they've both been on a therapeutic journey or they've both been on a journey of self discovery i suppose and there's like just a deeper level of love and connection that's available and because i've experienced that so many times you know with my clients and friends and family it's hard for me to have that as sort of a blank space with a partner if they haven't had that experience so it's a fear that i won't have the fullest deepest connection possible and oftentimes people only go to therapy when they're forced to and so yeah. Yeah. My fear is like, oh, once we're married and we're into this nice, comfy marriage, you're not going to go to therapy. <laughs> you know, like you've got no incentive. Everything's fine. So I kind of want to almost have it there as a, um, not an ultimatum, but like a prerequisite to say, hey, I'm not going to make a commitment to you until you've done this. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if there's anything you need or anything wrong with you. I don't. That's not my point, but I want you to go and open up about your childhood and everything with someone and, and peek in there and see what you can find because it's 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 also informing how you show up to this relationship. I don't know how. I could, I don't, again, I don't want to be your coach or your therapist. I'm not that, so I don't even go there with my partner. But <laughs> there's something under the lid, so I want you to go and have a look and, you know, change the oil and fill up the windscreen wiper water and, you know, change the spark plugs before we go on this long road trip together. Get a good service before <laughs> beforehand. Well, that's what I Want give them, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, do you so do you feel like you don't know already where he's at in terms of what he's dealing with or what he's been through in his life? Yeah, I know where he's at. Um, yeah. So are you worried that, that something will pop up that's not been uncovered yet? Yeah, or well, I can also see certain things when, I mean, this is getting a little bit personal. I don't really want to talk about this too much. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could just see where it would be helpful in some places or where it might be helpful. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I fucking talk to people all day for a living, so I I get a sense of where things might be helpful but it's like how do i yeah how do i well you're definitely you're definitely leading so you're definitely leading that's what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to so it's very outcome based yeah it is you've got an idea yep so and you're what you're asking is how can i feminize a way to get a masculine outcome Mm. That's literally what you're doing. So you could share with him that you have concerns. Um, you could talk to him about um, therapy and what you've been through and find out his views on it and all that sort of stuff. But you could, if you were doing it cleanly in the feminine communication, you couldn't have an outcome in mind, mm. which you clearly do. Yeah. Well, I still think I wouldn't marry someone that hadn't done it. Yeah, we, yeah, right. But is that like, 
yeah, it just, <laughs> I don't know, it just feels more like, I was going to say a boundary, but I know you're not meant to have boundaries apparently. So, um, well, you don't need to if you're sharing um, your feelings. Mm. So there's a feeling under there somewhere that you feel um, unsafe or like it won't work if this prerequisite doesn't get ticked. Yeah, I do. It's it is. It's a feeling of like it's somewhere between like sad and like scared. Right. Yeah. That's really good, Nath. Like really good, bro. Because you could share that with him. Mm. You could, and um, you could say to him, "Hey, can I share something with you?" And he's like, "Yep." What is that? And you'd be like, "Oh, I've got this feeling of, you know, I'm a bit scared and." I feel a bit sad. Then he'll ask you why. And then you guys will get to talk about it. Yeah. Mm. And how he leads you through that is is all you need to know. How you go through that conversation. Yeah. Look, but I know he'll be, he'll be fine, you know. It won't it, it won't be, you know. It won't be challenging. I think it's just, it's like, you're right. It's like, it's sharing in such a way that it's not so easy for me to lead in those moments, you know? And I think particularly when you're, you know, because I'm a coach or whatever, it's just so, in any kind of deep conversation, it's so easy to just lead because it's just like, that's, that's my, that's my rhythm that I'm in all day. So it's like, what you do for a job. That's right. So yeah. I have to completely switch gears and go, look, I'm actually not here to help this person. He doesn't need help. And he, he might do, but it won't be, it's not from me. I'm not here to coach him or, you know, I've got a real strong limit there because that yeah. in itself completely depolarizes the relationship. Like coaching yeah. your partner is gross in any way, yeah. you know? So, um, and and so what will happen in that conversation, what you you probably sounds like you can't be aware of right now because you may have an outcome in mind, but once you start having that conversation, that's where the magic will happen. Mm. That's where something's going to happen that you, A, shouldn't be attached to and B, can't really know. So long as you're operating from your feelings throughout that conversation man this escalated personally really quick didn't it yeah i I also i can feel also a sense of excitement about what's possible for us yeah you know i think it's also a sense of like oh that's an exciting prospect of you going down that route yeah you know but you will kill the polarity if you lead them down there that's right yeah Especially if you're doing it covertly, like, oh, how can I um, get a masculine? How can I get a masculine outcome by doing it in a feminine way? Yeah, Jace, have you got that one? Have you got that one for me? What's the? I don't think I, I don't really do that. I, I'm not. Um, I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm more like a bulldozer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just plow in there without thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the. I know the feeling well, and then just like um, tidying up the mess. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh shit! That didn't. Go, oh, geez, geez, that didn't work out. Oh, I ran over a car. <laughs> Whoops! Someone cover that up and make <laughs> that look pretty again. That's right. 
guys, thank you. As always, I hope this helps. Um, we'd love to hear from you in the Facebook group. Uh, you'll see us posting in there and um, we'll try and be a bit more active in there as well this week. But we'd love to hear from you, what's going on for you guys, what questions you have. Remember, you always have the option to post anonymously and ask a question about your relationship or how you're feeling or maybe what you're struggling with and we'll do our best to answer. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll see you uh, next week for episode 47. That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. 